to episode 23 of the Tottenham Hotspur Family Podcast. My name is Javid and joining me this week in a well, global edition. So I'm in London and we've got Ali Hassan from Prague. Hello, Celine. Greg, <laughs> Greg, Greg Taylor from Salvador. Boataji, good morning, good afternoon or whenever you're listening to this. And finally, Aaron Wolf from Brooklyn, New York. Hey, hey. Right, okay, so Southampton away, um, we drew two all, we're still, I was going to say we're still sixth in the table, we're actually fifth because Liverpool haven't played, so we've, we've moved up um, in the table, albeit they've got two games in hand, and we're, and we're still a point ahead of Southampton, which is good with four games left. Um, my very quick analysis on the match, because I've got a confession to make, I didn't really watch the second half as properly as I could. Um, there was too many distractions. Um, it, it, to me, it looked like it was evenly evenly balanced. Um, it was a good, good game of football. I, I enjoyed it. I thought we did we did okay. Um, it was a shame to concede a couple of goals again, and I'm sure we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that and our defensive frailties um, later on in the pod. Um, but yeah, I thought it, it, it was an evenly balanced result. Um, Ali, what was your take? Uh, yeah, pretty much the same, to be honest. I thought that the game was quite even. Um, you know, toing and throwing a bit of action at both ends and a lot of work in the midfield. Um, our goals that we gave away were stupid, uh, particularly the first one, which unfortunately I'm going to put it down to Mason's slip. Um, because I thought that he could have he had a chance to just clear it away left footed before he slipped uh, yeah he managed to poke it back to Ben Davis who then made an error as well uh, to let in uh, the guy for a goal so that was a pretty scrappy goal I thought we uh, had a question a few a few weeks ago on the pod about about midfielders playing out of trouble instead of just clearing it and that was like a perfect example of that I thought yeah just yeah. so senseless the thing is, I, I believe that once you're facing your own goal, you're 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 on a hiding to nothing. You know, you just got to get rid of it. And who cares what it looks like? You mm-hmm. know, I, I, you know, I don't care if the crowd shout out "hoof" or whatever they want to do. You know, that ball should have just been away. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In fact, the reason they're in front of our defence is to protect the defence. Instead, he put him into trouble. That's my opinion of it. So I don't know what, how you saw it. I agree completely. You know, other than that, I thought that um, we had the... Look, I thought the game was good, uh, but a few individuals really frustrated me, uh, i.e. Chadley, Ericsson, um, and Lamella. But <laughs> at the end of the day, <laughs> two of those guys uh, produced goals. Um, I wrote on the, on the Facebook page, Lamella scores an Elbona, and I think that should be a good one, huh? Elbona. To go with his rubber. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, and the guys in the studio, I was watching it on BT Sports, said uh, it, should have been a bit, it shouldn't have been a goal. It was off his arm and stuff like this, you know. I thought that was nonsense. 
Greg, how did you see the game? Well, before the game, I predicted a two-two draw, so oh, I'll, I'll, I'll grab that. I'll grab that bit of kudos. Um, it started off a bit, a bit limp, I thought, and then suddenly, after about 10-15 minutes, just suddenly kicked into life. Very evenly matched. Um, I think the draw was a fair result because we knew we knew that uh, we knew that Southampton were going to have a go, and bearing in mind that we were virtually in the same place in the league. You know, yeah. it's, it's more or less what I expected. Two, two dubious goals because their first goal, I saw a lot of replays and I saw a close-up and a replay, and it looked to me like um, like Pelly pushed Davis. I'm not sure, too sure about that because it looked like Davis was starting to lose his footing, but it was certainly certainly helped by Pelé. And regarding the Lamella goal, he had his he had his arms kind of crossed in front yeah. of him. He didn't really yeah. know what was happening. Yeah. Um, so it, it, to me, it certainly wasn't handball because a what well, it certainly wasn't uh, hand to ball, and secondly. He had no idea about it, so that he had his arms close to him. So there was no attempt. You know, normally with a handball, your, your arms are away from you. And looking at it, it looked like it hit his chest and then glanced off the off the top of his upper arm. And I saw I saw that happen in the World Cup as well, and the goal was given then as well. I can't remember what game it was. Um, the second two goals, theirs and ours, good goals. I, I, it was just frustrating because of, I mean, what, what do they put on the pitch? It was it was awful. It was what, like watching Torval and Dean. <laughs> yeah, that was It was a game of slippers, definitely, wasn't it? But yeah, definitely. You know, and I think sponsored that, by hush puppies. Sorry, sponsored by hush puppies. <laughs> <laughs> I think that uh, Davis could be out for some time now. It looks like uh, his yeah. must have come out or something. Yeah, that looked bad. But, D- did anyone know why Rose didn't start? Yeah, he's got hamstring injury. Hamstring injury. Okay. That's, the thing is, though, I think that he's he's um, a country mile ahead of Ben Davis in as a left back, if you like, and he's not even a left back. Uh, and now it looks like we could be without both of them for a while. So, you know, I don't know what we'll do in that case. I suppose it'll have to be Van Tongan going over there. And he loves playing at left back. Um, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't he just? <laughs> Well, they, the commentators over here were saying that Schneiderlin, I think, also put his shoulder out uh, last week, and he was back in the side this week. So it could be, you know, nothing. Who knows? Yeah, it could be. Could be. That's true. Very positive. Yeah. <laughs> Aaron, how did you see the match? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think um, they looked much, much more dangerous in transition than we did. Um, I, I didn't quite see it even actually. I thought, I thought, I thought they edged us, and I think we were lucky with the result. I think had they had better finishing, um, they would have put the game away very, very early on. Um, of course, they didn't have better finishing, so I guess in that sense it was more even. But, um, you know, they, they g- basically gave us possession and we did very, very little with it. And then they hurt us over and over again in transition. We, I thought our defend- defenders did very well. Um, I think... I think I've talked about it before, but I think our 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 midfield too, um, Bentaleb and 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 Mason are, put them under a ton of pressure over and over again, cheap give- giveaways over and over again, um, yeah. make them look poor, poorer than they actually are. Um, but um, in the end of the day, I think I think it was a fair result, and and by the end, I was hoping for a draw. So 
I don't know what that says about about the evenness of the of the game, but um, uh, I thought yeah. Erickson was really really poor. I think yeah. this is a, another yeah. game in which he's really poor, and yeah. it r- seems like it's time to to um to sit him for a game. Um, I think who do we have next? We have uh, Man City. I think. We have City next, right? And we can't we can't possibly put keep, him. leave him on the bench. But yeah. um, I thought he he looked like he was at sixty percent the entire game. Yeah, and, I would have taken him off earlier and stuck yeah. him in his place, really. Today. Yeah, and yeah. He had, Sorry, uh, Aaron, after you. No, I was just saying that he that he had he had no movement. He he offered nothing, yeah. um, and they were they were they were defending out of their skin. I thought Southampton. I thought I thought they they constantly had three on on him. They constantly had three on Lamella. Yeah, but um, they we've we've got to do better than that. Sorry, what were you going to say? I was only going to say about uh, Bentele, but I thought that he was absolutely outstanding today. I think he gave the ball yeah. away once and one misplaced header, but he was absolutely pivotal in everything we did. He, yeah. You know, he took the ball, he got rid when he could, he he pushed forward when we could, he, he went past people, he made tackles. It, it was amazing today. Definitely, he would have been my man of the match for Spurs. I was surprised that he came off, because like you, Ali, I thought he had a really good game. and um... He tweaked his calf or something. Did you see him when he sort of he kicked the yeah. ball out to the left of Otonga and went down and his leg stiffened. He might have had a touch of cramp or something, but his left leg seemed to stiffen up and uh, immediately after that they got sold out of one. You know, it's, I suppose it's a precaution. Yeah, I was probably unfair on Bentaleb. It's just definitely the two the, the midfield just puts the defence under too much pressure, I think. Hmm. I was surprised that Paulino didn't start actually. I checked on Physio Room and, and he wasn't on, on the Physio Room website at all. I thought since he did pretty well last week, I was yeah. surprised that he wasn't given another start, or at least on the bench, but he wasn't anywhere to be seen. But isn't, isn't that just so, to call in a phrase, so Spursy that we have a player that com- comes in last week, does really well, and then it's just sod's law that um, <laughs> he misses out because... Um, his wife's um, going to have a baby. I mean, come on, what comes first? Spurs or your wife's baby? Come on now. Spurs, Spurs, <laughs> of course. <laughs> <Go. laughs> well, I left my wife and, and child at a, a friend's house so I could watch the game, so clearly Spurs comes first, right? <laughs> good man, good man. Um, one player who didn't um, get on the score sheet, Harry Kane, but that that's by the by. Um, Podcasts can't go by without mentioning Harry. In fact, sorry, let, 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 let me take a step back there for, for a minute. Larice came back in, which was good, and that was encouraging to see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, on Harry Kane, though, so 30 goals this season, um, 20 in the Premier League. If he gets 24, that'll be the same number that Gary Lineker got in 1990 in terms of league goals. Um, yeah. So uh, another four more would, 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 would equal that. Um, I believe the PFA Player of the Year awards are announced tomorrow. Um, yeah. Tomorrow evening. Yeah, that's right. The player and the Young Player of the Year. Um, we had a question. Um, well, in fact, a couple of weeks ago, um, but I didn't get round to reading it. But I think it's more apt to mention it now from um, Jean-Luc um, Sacchetti, who says, um, "Well, he poses a question: Is it is it perhaps a little bit too much for him to be nominated or?" To win the award, um, younger player of the year, fine. But 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 what about the the main awards? Um, I think he gets nominated by the players or, or managers, or it's to do with the professional 
uh, Footballers Association, isn't it? So I think they do the yeah, nomination. Yeah, it's in-house. And, and also they do the uh, voting as well. So in my opinion, if he actually got both awards, uh, I would say, you know, to answer John Luke's question, he would deserve it because he would have been voted it. Mm. Uh, personally, I don't think he will get voted for both. I think he will win the young player of the year, and I think at most will go for Hazard. He did, yeah. I guess, because, I mean, the guy is on fire, obviously, but um, I guess that he will win it and that Harry will win the young player. That's my, my view on it. Yeah, I but think... Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think well, if, he, if, he gets, if he gets the main award, um, I think he deserves it to some extent because of the impact, the sheer impact he's had on, on the Premier League this season. Not just on us. I mean, True. look at the way that everybody was cheering for him when he came on in the England match. Yeah. And Eddie scored after 80 seconds. Yeah. Um, I would say he's, he's almost a shoe-in for the young player, I would think. If yeah. he gets the main player, he deserves it. But also, if Eden Hazard gets it, I, w- I certainly wouldn't think that that um, Kane was robbed because Hazard has been has been great. It's one of it's those things, though, right? Join us. He's he's been great on an amazing team, and Harry Kane's been outstanding on an average team, and there, that that should that should come into the into the into the consideration, I think. Yeah, and I guess the other thing they could take into consideration was that Harry Kane didn't start playing for Spurs proper until November yeah. 9th. Uh, so, you know, if he had started uh, at the beginning of the season, who knows what would have happened. I think for the young player of the award, um, I believe De Gea is also in the right. Well, <laughs> there's obviously six six players in, in, in the running, and I think De Gea's one of them but I think for that one I'm, I would be very surprised if Kane doesn't get it for the main award yeah I'd, I'd agree with you all it would probably be um, Hazard that gets it if Kane did get it I think that wouldn't be a shock I think he's you know he, he, he's excelled himself and, and, and defied everybody's expectations um, I should point out in 1999 David Ginola won both the yeah. PFA Player of the Year award and the Football Writers Player of the um, yeah. Ward. And that yeah. was a season that United won the treble. Yeah. And yeah, it's a good point actually. Hmm. What you're saying you know, is that stranger stranger things could happen, so I wouldn't be surprised if, yeah. if, if you know if he won if he did win. Both. Yeah. 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 I mean I guess that Hazard uh, would I, I don't know, it's all to do with the players and they'll see Chelsea are probably going to win the title, so Hazard would be a main um a player in that and so Anyways, it's just my opinion. Uh, I hope Harry gets it. Mm. Really. Also, also, I guess the way that depending on who who else, I mean, you've got Costa, I think, as well in there, and um, depending on the way the voting goes, you know, yeah, depending on the way the, the voting goes, it could actually the voting could get split, and um, for example, Kane might win it on that basis, which I think is what happened in '99, or I'm led to believe with, with Shinola. Yeah. Um, that the United and I think Arsenal players that were in contention that year, um, the voting was it, rather than it being concentrated on a particular player, it, it got distributed and yeah. um, it was uh, it was Ginola who broke through. Anyway, we'll just see. Um, we, there's been talks. 
just turning away from from the game this week um, about um, the new stadium, um, there was um, an article in the London Evening Standards um, about the fact that and we've, we've we've seen this mentioned before about the possibility of the NFL some NFL games being staged at the new stadium. Uh, I know Ali, you um, raised the question, and I think so did um, David Pips yeah. of the group. Um, how do we all feel about that? Is it a good idea? Is it a bad idea? You know, I mean, it's obviously going to bring extra revenue, but what do we all think? Um, Aaron. Yeah, go Aaron. Yeah, you. I was going to say. I was going to say. We should probably start with Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't have any real affection for NFL, um, but um, I do have. Well, I have experience with um, new stadiums. Um, my beloved Yankees. Um, moved to a new stadium a few years ago, and the season before we we moved across the street, um, I had um, uh, a sort of modified season ticket. I had I had Sunday games. I was allowed to go to every Sunday game that we played at home, and the last game of the season was played at home on a Sunday. So I got to be at the last game at Yankee Stadium, and it was an amazing emotional affair. Um, just the 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 crowd, the players, every, people were collect people were collecting. Um, dirt from the infield and putting it in their pockets. It was this like kind of end of an era, almost like a mystical moment in sports history. And then the next season, um, I went to a bunch of games at the beginning of the season in the new stadium. And it was awful. It was awful. Um, I think we, we in, in relation to the NFL, in relation to the question in terms of generating revenue and generating um you know this this having this new stadium to kind of create a, a bump in, in in support a bump in revenue a bump in in the team um it comes at a price it comes at an enormous price um it will not feel like home it will not feel um there will be no juice in the stadium i mean there may be juice after a while you know but in the, in the first game it'll be exciting and people will be loud and proud and but um it's really different. It was, it was, it was, I was like almost seasick walking into the new Yankee Stadium after they built it. Um, so in that sense, does it matter if there's an NFL team or, you know, Cirque du Soleil every three days or whatever? I don't think it matters. I think that the, the new stadium, it's like, it's really starting from scratch. And it isn't going to feel like White Hart Lane no matter what else happens there. We're gonna, they're gonna ha- the team is going to have to create a new history there and the the supporters are going to have to create a new atmosphere and um i'm not sure it really matters whether or not you you share it with anybody um because it's just going to be really different does anyone know how many games potentially they're talking about how many games are going to be played and and when is it going to be i I don't know a great deal about american football so would it would it be um during the season or would it be uh, pre-season and, and NFL has been talking about forever moving a club or or having an expansion team in in London because it's essentially the, the flight is more or less the same from the east coast as it is from the east coast to the west coast of the states so there's no real sense of not having a team since the market is so big is what I've what I've been led to understand so it would be basically you know uh every other every other week or whenever the team is away there would be a, an NFL game essentially okay I could see the pitch getting cut up and sure that's not going to be good um, 
thing is, we don't really know what's going to happen with the stadium yet, do we? Because the final plans haven't been uh, uh, given out to anybody. You know, I'm, I'm wishing that now that we know approximately the completion date of the stadium and whatever, that the, the club will come out and give us full details of it pretty soon. But you know, I've seen I've seen that we're going to have a cop, or we're going to not have a cop. We've seen fifty-six thousand. 61,000. I've even read somewhere that there was going to be a retractable pitch uh, for NFL games. Um, you know, but who knows? We don't actually know anything yet. So, um, as for how many games, I thought that it was going to be probably two or three, maybe five or six. But, uh, and I don't know when. Um, well, the season is short. The NFL season is short anyway. Yeah. I mean, personally, I don't mind it if the stadium being used for other events either. Uh, you know, for the revenue, but also that it throws our name in the States. Uh, no, I mean, Tottenham Hotspur is growing in the States, and uh, if it keeps growing, it can only be good, I think. Well, I, I generally agree, agree with you um, on the basis that it doesn't mess up the pitch, because the football has to be the priority. The football yeah. team has to be the priority. Yeah, if it helps with paying for the, sta- for the stadium, if it gives us a bit more money to buy some players, then great. There is one proviso that I would say, though. Leave the cheerleaders over here when you go back to America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah totally agree with that. Even though I'm not into cheerleaders, but, uh, yeah, I'll go along with that. <laughs> um, I mean, White Hart Lane has, has, has in the past staged events, boxing, for example. Yeah. Uh, maybe not on a frequent ba- basis, but it has. Um, I seem to recall... I think it was about 1990, um, Chris, Chris Eubank against, um, oh God, Michael Watson. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, that's right. And I think there was Joe Bugner against Frank Bruno. Yeah. I think that was at White Hart Lane. So, you know, again, I'm, I'm all for the, the extra rev- revenue. That's fine. Um, as long as it doesn't... Doesn't affect the pitch really. Um, I don't think we're suddenly going to lose identity. I would be far more uncomfortable if we went down the route of, and this is quite commonplace in other countries, for example in in in, in Italy, which is to um, to ground share with a rival um, team, for example, for example, an Arsenal or, or, or whoever, yeah. West Ham. That would that would make me make my stomach churn, irrespective of whether it makes financial sense or not. So. I'm perfectly laid back about about that. Um, there's there's something though. I mean, just to just to not harp on it, but there's there are pitfalls ahead with the new stadium, right? And and I think, in, at least in my experience, one of the things is when the stadium becomes a too corporate an atmosphere. It's it's very hard. It's very 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 hard to keep the um, spirit of the supporters alive, right? And I think the NFL ground share is. A tiny canary in the coal mine, right? Like, is is does it portend bad times ahead in terms of raise rising p- ticket prices and corporate atmosphere and sort of killing the supporters' spirit? That's, I think, the 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 worry, not whether or not. Um, I mean, you know, this they'll if they if they're raising that much revenue, they'll figure out a way to protect the pitch. I think. Yeah. And um, as, you know, atmosphere, I suppose if you did have a cop end mm-hmm. uh, there and put the hardcore there, as it used to be with the shelf side um, when there was when the stadium was all standing, um, you know, you can get an amazing atmosphere at most games. Uh, it, ever since they've pulled in the seating thing now, 
it's it's too fragmented. You know, everybody got split up from everybody else. Mm. Um, that's my opinion on the on the uh, atmosphere side of it, anyway. Plus, I want to get to a game at the lane. So, can we delay the stadium build a little bit? No, no, no more delay. <laughs> well, you've got two years, um, so two-year window. Um, before, well, we'll look at questions in the second half. Um, before we do that, I just want to give a quick mention once again to the the um, the website, the Tottenham Hotspur family podcast website or blog um so that's essentially um a web page which has got links to um to the facebook page for the podcast to the um to the twitter page um it's got links to all the previous um podcasts and as well as that it's got um a section which has um publications um so articles written by tottenham fans um some of whom are members of the facebook group and and uh some of whom have appeared on the on the podcast and so forth and um we've had two really good art well we've had lots of really good articles that have been submitted so far um and um we had two excellent ones which um, one at the beginning of the week on Monday, and another one um, that was published on the website yesterday. Um, it just so happens that, that, that the authors of both those <laughs> articles are a guest on, on, on the podcast. So um, if I just briefly turn to, firstly, Aaron, um, you had an article, well, it's, it's a regular feature, Wolf on Spurs, um, every two weeks, um, and um, you published uh, uh, the article which... Um, went out on monday um if you could give us a, just a brief description of what what that's all about sure yeah so basically every two weeks i'll be writing uh, my take on the previous week's game usually through some sort of odd unexpected lens um there's a lot a lot of writing online about spurs so i try to do my best to find a unique angle and this past week it was um Viewing the team and the game's perform, the team's performance in the game through the lens of the Star Wars trailer, um, and every week I also do a um, a rating system, my official arbitrary rating system. Um, so uh, the first time it was out of the ten plagues in the Passover story, which uh, plague was the game, and this time it was. From uh, The Phantom Menace to um, Return of the Jedi, what was this game rated? I think I rated it The Empire Strikes Back. So I'll be doing, you know, kind of my bizarre take on the whole thing, trying to find a unique and probably senseless take on the game every couple of weeks. And Greg, he published, um, kindly wrote an article which, which we published yesterday. Um, if you could tell us about that. I really enjoyed um, reading that article well my article was kind of trying to portray the experience of being a Spurs fan when you are literally thousands of miles away from the stadium and not only that because um, if you're in the USA you're a long way away but there are Spurs supporters clubs nearby but over here especially where I am there's nothing I feel a bit like the only gay in the village sometimes because I'm, I am the only Spurs supporter that I know of um, so I've tried to transmit the experience to the, the rest of the, of the Spurs fans, the rest of the podcast listeners, um, the rest of the, the Tottenham Hotspur family Facebook group, to give them an idea of my experience, which is similar to theirs in some respects, but very different in others. 
and I should just add that um, you name checked both the um, the Facebook group and also the podcast and the people that uh, that all the people that are involved with, with the podcast. And if anybody is interested in writing um, an article, um, you do get bonus points if you mention the podcast. Um, I didn't do it for that. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm sure he didn't. But but it but it, it was nice nice the fact that you, that, that you mentioned it. Um, if anybody is interested in writing an article, as I said before, um, please do get in touch with myself and, and Nikki uh, Merritt. Nikki's actually put in a lot of work into that web page um and um yeah if you're if you're interested in writing anything um about spurs and it could be um you know it it, it, it could be uh, an article for example on um the case for eric lamella and why we should keep him um then we'd, we'd love to hear from you and if somebody else wants to wants to write an article stating lamella I'd, I'd happily hear that as well as long as you you can make a coherent argument um then then we'll we'll um, we'll publish it. Um, I should also just add that um, your article, Greg, um, it was um, it was retweeted and mentioned by a few people out there. Um, not uh, one of whom is Bardi from the Fighting Cock. Um, and I'm always grateful when um, other Spurs podcasts mention our uh, our, our podcast. Um, it's uh, very sort of heartwarming when 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 they're supportive, um, and I always try to be supportive and, and mention the other Tottenham podcast. So thank you, Party, for for um, retweeting that and uh, mentioning Greg's article. Right, um, second half of the podcast, we will do questions. Um, now it's time for our regular feature, the forward line with Elliot Line. This is the forward line on the Tottenham Hotspur family podcast with Elliot Lyon looking forward to the game against Manchester City on May 3rd. In our history, we've played Manchester City 128 times with both teams notching up 49 victories. At home, we've won 32 out of 63 previous matches. We've suffered a few heavy defeats at the hands of City recently, conceding 15 goals in the last three encounters. In each of the two most recent meetings, we've had a player sent off, Fazio last October and Danny Rose last January. It will not be an easy game by any means, however, now might be the best time to play Man City as their recent form has been poor in comparison to earlier in the season. I rate the likelihood of us scoring as 68% and of us scoring more than once as 39% and of keeping a clean sheet as only 19%. The most likely scoreline is 1-1 followed by a 2-1 defeat, a 1-0 defeat and a 2-0 defeat. Overall I have 22% for a Spurs win, 25% for a draw and 52% for a Man City win. Currently the best odds for a Spurs win can be found at Marathon Bet who are offering 7-2. This has been the forward line with Elliot Line and Lisa Line. Come, Come on, on, you Spurs! Welcome back to the second half of the Tottenham Hotspur Family Podcast. Thank you, Elliot, and thank you, um, his daughter, Elisa, for the forward line. Um, now, let's do some questions. Uh, where should we begin? So, just we were talking about the stadium earlier, just following on from that. David Hughes asks, is anyone else a little sad that White Hart Lane is going to be gone forever? Um, Ali. Yeah. Ali, I'll I'll start with. Yeah, thank you. Um, I think definitely uh, we will be sad to see it go. Um, 
and especially uh, someone who we know, who, who we all know, will be sad to see it go. Will be Dawn Fletcher as well, whose grandfather or great grandfather played at White Hart Lane. Um, on the plus side, it's not going too far. Um, I suppose you know it could have been much worse if it had gone to Stratford or anywhere else. Really, uh, just wouldn't have been Tottenham Hotspur again. Um, in my own opinion, I've seen the stadium go through various facelifts, and um, you know, seeing the changing of standing to sitting, and the new West Stand was built, you know, back in the day, um, and I've had some great, great memories there, including the 1984 UEFA Cup final against Anderlecht. Uh, but I guess we have to say, in the name of progress and to keep up with the Joneses, uh, we, you know, competing with the money bags, i.e., Chelsea, Man City, Arsenal, and all the others. Uh, I guess we have to get this stadium built, um, and we're still sort of touching White Hart Lane. It's just going to be a new stadium, as Aaron said earlier on. Um, so it may feel completely different, but you know, in my opinion, it's still. It's still sort of touching White Hart Lane, so partly it will be White Hart Lane still. Over to you. I, d before I come to Greg and um, and Aaron, um, I was just going to con concur with everything you said. Um, it, it's you know we do have to move, move with the times. It's good that um, the new stadium isn't a million miles away. It, you know, it's a stone throw away from White Hart Lane. Um, I do wish, I, I suppose it was already looked at, if it was down to me, if I was Mr Levy, I would have um, looked at building another tier, because if, I think on the east, where the east end is, um, there seems to be room or scope to expand. I don't know, there's um, three tiers already, isn't it? I mean, they've got the lower tier, and then they've got a sitting above, and then isn't there one above that? Mm. I could be wrong, but um, I thought it was already three tier. But there you are. I guess the only the only places they could adjust or um, amend is, uh, is uh, Paxton and Park Lane. We could stick another tier on the West End, I suppose. Mm, it's possible, but you know, then you'd have a stadium as ugly as seeing it. It looked like Newcastle's, wouldn't it? Yeah, which would be good because you can put the away supporters up in the corner away from everything so you know they wouldn't create their own atmosphere at our stadium mm. Greg case of moving with the times um, yeah it is really I mean I feel sorry for those of you who can go regularly I've only ever been once in my life so at least I have managed it that was when we played Bruges and we won 3-1 I think it was Berbatov Berbatov, Keane and somebody else scored our goals. Can't remember who the other one was. But um, it was great that I actually had the chance to go there. But yeah, we have got to move with the times. I mean, if you don't move with the times, you end up with like Fratton Park. <laughs> I lived in Pompey for a while. I saw, I saw Tottenham beat Portsmouth at Fratton Park. And it was like, it was like a Tudor place. It was in relation. It was, it was so old fashioned. And we have got to keep up with the times. We've got a new stadium here in Salvador, the Fontanova. It's absolutely beautiful. I mean, Tim Vicker is always going on about it. Um, and I, I think we do need to be aesthetically better as well. Plus, it's going gonna, it's gonna to bring all kinds of um, benefits to the local area. You know, so if we just stayed as we were, we wouldn't be benefiting the local area. We'd forever be fighting on, an, on a um, 
not on a level playing field with with the, the Gooners and uh, Man City and well, Chelsea. Okay, well, they have the money. They don't have the stadium yet, but they're going to be doing something about theirs as well, aren't they? So yeah. I think it has to be done. And people will still call it White Hart Lane. Yeah, Newcastle have got a new stadium, haven't they? It's still St. James's Park to all the tune, all the barcodes. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, I, th- I think it's we have to have a new stadium. It's We have to have it. And yes, it will be sad. It will be very sad. Um, and I think that's a progress. Progress is important and progress is good. And progress comes at a price. Can I ask a question? Does anybody know if they're going to be selling the seats to the fans? Because I have a friend who supports Ipswich Town. I don't know if they demolished their stadium or whatever they did. But he was able to buy his seat and take it home with him. Yeah, I have my Yankee Stadium seat, actually, at home. I hope they do. I, I don't know, but I'm sure they... I think that, that's certainly commonplace. Um, and I'm sure our chairman um, won't miss an opportunity to make um, uh, uh, some money out of it. Um, I, yeah, you could even have a piece of turf, I reckon. <laughs> I think that, you know, it, it's... As we said before, it's still going to be. It, it couldn't be. You couldn't get any more closer to White Hart Lane. That's the funny thing. We've had st- new stadiums before, but it's just so close to um, the existing stadium that it's still going to be the same experience of going to see Tottenham walking up the high road. Um, I quite quite often I I. I I don't go to White Hart Lane Station or, or Northumberland Park, but I'll, I'll get off at Seven Sisters and I'll, I'll walk down the high road. Um, yeah. Just, just to, just to have that, you know, just to be the feeling of walking through. <sighs> it's fair to say a part of London which isn't, you know, which is a little bit impoverished and, and, and stuff, but it's also got character. It's got its own, you know, it, it it's it's real if that makes sense. Um, it, you know, it's. I remember when people were crying when the old West End was being taken down. You know. Um, because of the character of it and the sound and the old wooden seats and all this kind of stuff. But, you know, it, it soon gets forgotten. You know, once the team gets in and a bit of success happens and whatever, it still gets forgotten. So I think that, you know, the way I see it, it's going to be White Hart Lane still with a facelift. You know, it's it's touching the same stadium. It's going to be the same place, except it's going to be a bit bigger. Look, yep. it's White Hart Lane, come on. <laughs> <laughs> It will be sponsored, though, of course, but that's that's yeah. fine. That's just the, the way way of the world these days. The sponsors can call it what they like. I think the fans will call it White Hot Lane. Yeah, yeah. New, New York Bagels. Um, yeah. <laughs> right, let's move on. So Edward Brad asks, will the success of Harry Kane this season hinder our chances of landing a decent striker or two for next season? I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean. We can't really expect the same from him next season. I mean, we, we want something similar, but we can't expect the same. Um, and I think other, if we get another decent striker, if we manage to sneak into Europe, then we'll, we'll need this other striker as well. I mean, we can't dump it all on Harry like we have this season. I think he's a sensible guy as well. He, he won't be a, become a prima donna and think, oh, I should be playing every week, I should be playing every week. He'll want to play as much as he can, but he'll know that he's human, that it's not really possible. And unless you try and get somebody like Aguera, then I, I think a lot, of, a lot of good strikers 
will understand the the Ings and the who's the other one they were thinking of Charlie Austin, yeah. people like that. I think they'll understand because we'll be a step up for them anyway. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think we can get good strikers. I don't think it will hinder um, uh, getting strike. I, well, I don't think Harry's success will hinder getting other strikers. Uh, Levy might hinder it. Not that I'm yeah. uh, anti-Levy in any way at all. Um, but uh, I, I don't think that having Kane uh, and his success will hinder the other strikers coming in. As I, as I said, I think good strikers will come, but not great ones. You know, yeah. if it's a, if it's a great one, I think it will be at the cost of of Harry. Um, and you know, we're not going to stump up the price uh, to to get one. We did it when we got rid of Bale. Uh, we got in Soldado and all the other guys. Uh, unfortunately for Soldado, it hasn't, he hasn't fulfilled his promise. Uh, we had a. I don't know if Adeboyer well class or is he just class or is he <laughs> nothing now? Because yeah. You spell it with an R, he's crass. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, the thing is, Adebayor is Adebayor, and, you know, yeah. he comes good when he wants to. It's a shame, really, because we know he can be unplayable, but there you are. Well, what we've... Well, Tottenham fans have a tendency to look for a big marquee signing, a big name, and I think it's ironic that over the last few seasons we've been looking for that 20 to 30 goal striker and we bought Soldado you know we had Addy on the books and and if you go back before that we, we've had a long line of good good strikers on, on, on paper um, yet the one that's that's got those 20 30 goals a season has, has been you know, one of our own. It's been Harry Kane, somebody who's come through through, through the youth system. So it just goes to show that you, you don't need marquee signings. Obviously, we need to strength, strengthen next season, but we just need some good players that can fit in. Um, and I'd be quite happy... Yes, we need some strikers next season, but I'd be, I'd be quite happy if we got some decent strikers or if we had some decent strikers coming through the ranks that could integrate in the existing setup. Then... Yeah. Go and get a marquee signing that's gonna, um, you know, that's not gonna work out, or that's gonna maybe work out, but only be there for a season and then be snapped up by one of the so-called bigger clubs. Um, I don't, I don't think Harry Kane's success, by the way, will hinder in in, in any way our, our chances of landing that landing a striker or two. If anything, if it wasn't for Harry Kane, we wouldn't be so high up the table, and. The chances of landing some decent players um, next season or in in, in the preseason would be quite difficult. I could yep. see us signing a, a kind of aging world class striker that is content to play ten fifteen minutes off the bench. But um, Soldado, but... You <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, Soldado with uh, scoring boots. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure he could score if he had a few more games, but. It's just one of those things. I just wanted to ask a question on Adebayor, actually. Is it true? I mean, I don't know if this is true, but I think I read it somewhere that City are still paying some of his wages. Does anyone know? I think know? that's you... true. I think that's true. Hmm. I didn't think I mean, it was. I thought that stopped last year. Uh, you mean when we when we signed him permanently? That's what I thought. Uh, I, I thought it was a done deal when he signed permanently. But... Oh, right then. Yeah. Anyway, if you're getting hundred grand a, a, a week, you're still going to sit it out, aren't you, and, and get paid for it? So, <laughs> okay, that's enough of my bashing for AD today. Um, 
Okay, moving on, we've got a question from Brian Campbell. He says, what have we learnt about Poch and the team this season, and what ca- what can we be confident of for next season? Uh, if I start with Greg. Um, what have we learnt about Poch? That he's a very calm guy. He's the polar opposite of Tim Sherwood. Um, <laughs> he gives us confidence, the fans, I think, most of the fans. Obviously, there are some people who aren't over-happy with him. You still see, you see things potch out, and you, you never know quite whether they're being sarcastic or whether they're being serious. I think I think he's been good for us. I think I think Levy as well. I think Levy is actually buying into Poch. He's he's realised that if he sacks Poch, he's going to look an absolute moron. I mean, he didn't look too sensible before with all his sackings, but he's going to look even worse now. Um, what we can expect from next season, I think, with Poch having a, a, a summer. At summer transfer, he can hopefully bring in some players that he that he wants, that he feels that can fit into his system. And I think that next season, <clears throat> I mean, this season I was happy enough before the season started with all the situation and the um, the shitstorm. Sorry for swearing, but that's what it was last season. Um, with all that going on last season, I was quite happy with with him coming in and getting six to eight that kind of position. And that kind of looks like where we're going to be now. I think next season, with him having a chance to get his own players, we should be really thinking about challenging for the top four. At least trying to get that fourth position. Better still, get third position and push Arsenal out of the top four. (laughs) Uh, Shall I carry on? I've learned that Poch is a good coach. Um, He's got the ability to get the best out of the youngsters, um, which he's obviously proved this, uh, this season. Um, I also think he's a very strong character as well as calm, as uh, uh, Greg just said. Um, some people are calling him a yes man, but I, I've not seen anything uh, of evidence to this at all. I've, instead, I've seen him getting tough on. Sorry? I was saying, I, I agree with you, totally. Yeah, yeah. you know, he, he's actually got tough on the guys who he doesn't trust, I think, or those who are not pulling their weight, you know, the likes of Kapui and Adebayor and Kabul, uh, etc., uh, even Aaron Lennon to an extent even though he's, I know he's out on loan but I've just got a feeling that he'll go out and stay out permanently now because uh, I think we've seen the best of him um, also I like the way he carries himself as a true professional you know in sportsman when he does his pre and post match interviews um, I've never seen him um, pass the buck when things have gone wrong and I've never seen him actually um, bring, you know, slag off players or, or anyone from another team or anything like that. Uh, for the future, if I, if he's fully backed, you know, and given the time, uh, I think he'll be a success. Uh, for next year, I'm still not sure about top four. Um, and I say that because of the emergent, re-emergence of Man United. Um and looks like the goons are are in there now. So you you still got to look at City and Chelsea, the money bags. Man United also the money bags, but but going in the right direction. And Arsenal always do, seem to be doing it. So and we're vying with poxy Liverpool. God, you know, I mean they're so rubbish, it's unbelievable. But they'll probably pip us this year to it anyway. Um. Anyway, for next year, I think we should be trying to vie for top three, stuff top four. That's my take on it. 
Aaron, I, I think um, I think we've learned that our players aren't as shit as we thought they were, um, and some of them are, <laughs> um, and we've learned that, uh, or I've learned that um, there were problem. There are problems in this team that that need to be addressed. Um, there are, we are carrying a ton of dead weight, and um, I think like like everybody else has said, the summer will be a huge test. Um, for Levy, the board, and and for Pochettino, and and um, I'm I'm I think we're all expecting a, a clear out. Um, I'm hoping for some really interesting um, purchases, unexpected purchases, the kind of purchases that Pochettino can do something great with, the way he's done things great with our young players. Um, most importantly, I've learned that he we don't win when he wears a suit. So in the in next year, <laughs> I'd like to see him wear wear a. Yeah, or sure. I, anything, anything <laughs> other than his suit. Well, no, With a suit and tie, we lose or we draw. Um, but yeah, I th- you know, I, I really like him. I really, really like him. I think, I think he's he's um, given us energy. He's given us excitement. He's given us our Tottenham back. I, I think to add to that, he's to add everything that you've all said I think that he's he's a very humble person um, and he shows a lot of humility. Um, he's obviously got a lot he showed this at Southampton um, but also now he's got a lot of faith in the youngsters which is good Um, it's it's good to see the emergence of those young players in in the team Um, and uh, and I think that he's put the building blocks in place this season hopefully for for, for further success next season as to where we finish next season I think we'll, we'll be challenging for top four I don't think there was ever a plan this season for us to be serious top four contenders it was always going to be a transitional season but i think we will challenge for top four next next year third or fourth where where we will finish it's another matter and it, it's you know going to be dependent on some of the teams around us and, and how they fared um, we should win the europa club cup next year that's what we should that that would be nice that that, that would be nice um but do we want to be in the europa cup then <laughs> yes Yes. I want to watch football yeah. on Thursday. I mean, I, I do, I do. I want us to be in it. I think we should be in all the competitions. Um, you know, it's just I think we just got to handle the teams, dif- the team selections differently, um, or we have to make our minds up: Are we going to going to go out to win it, uh, or or not? If we're not going to go out to win it, like Harry used to put in a B team or a baby team or whatever you called it. Um, because he wanted to get out of it as soon as possible, but you know, I think you're if you're in it, you should want to win it. So, um, as I mentioned earlier, I was at uh, White Hart Lane in '84 to see us win the UEFA Cup against Anderlecht, and there isn't a better feeling than to winning, you know, a European trophy. Uh, uh, well, any major trophy, there just isn't a better feeling, yeah. uh, and we need it, I think. Yeah. And also, I don't think there's any problems playing Thursday Sunday. I don't see it any different from Wednesday Saturday. Agreed. Agreed. No, and uh, anything I'd add, I'd, I'd like. Yes, I'd, I'd like us to be in it, but only on the basis if we finish fifth or sixth. If we do finish seventh, I don't. I don't want us to be in it I, because I, I don't want. Um, yeah, true. Well, I don't want Woolwich. A, I don't want Woolwich to win the FA Cup, and B, um, I'm quite happy if, if we finish seventh and we're not on it in it because, frankly, I think we should be on it on the basis of. Um, our league position, um, yeah, yeah. And, if we, and if we finish seventh, I don't want us to, to, to be in it through the back door. Exactly, because we wouldn't have deserved it. So no, 
let's see, next question. Um, Kirk Butler, what are our expectations for next season? We sort of addressed that. Um, okay, so Carol, Carol Hayward asks, um, when we talked about Poch bringing on the young players, which is obviously a good thing, she asks, um, do we have too many um, young players? Do we feel um, there's far too many in the starting eleven, or should we be playing a few more of the senior senior players? Um, for example, Stambouli, Stam even. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you want to go first? Overplaying the Ute. I'll, I'll go. Ute. I, I think uh, today's game today's game showed that um, the Ute were doing fine, um, and I'm and I think some of our I don't know if you count Erickson as a senior player, but uh, you know, uh, he he didn't do very much to 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 make his case. And I, I I think particularly at this at the end of the season right now, we should be playing lots of Ute. We should be blooding them. We should be uh, injecting a little bit of um, desire into the side, um, and then you know readdress it at the beginning of next season. Yeah, yeah. Um... You're talking about playing them now because the season's kind of over, is it? Yeah. 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 Or, I mean, even if it's not over, putting one or two in just to make the side um, fight, you know? Yeah. Uh, this was a question that, uh, if nobody else had asked, it was one of the questions I was going to ask anyway, but great minds think alike, Carol. Um, I'm glad that Spurs as a club has started having more faith in the Ute, obviously. Um you know, giving them a go, etc. Uh, we've been quite crying out for this for a long time, I think. Uh, but I still think that we've overplayed them sort of collectively. Um, you know, relying on such young people when we do have people like Dembele and Paulinho and Stan Bully in the in the team. Um, individually, Bentaleb, I'd keep him in the team because, you know. He's had a season and a half now, really. Uh, he's experienced. And and I think he's a bloody good player. Uh, and he showed that today. And he's shown it before. He does now and again make a, a, a daft mistake. Today he made an absolutely brilliant tackle in the box after he lost the ball from a, a downward header, which went to one of their players. Did anyone see it? It was an amazing recovering challenge on Mane in the box. Uh, anyway, that's Spentaleb. Uh, Mason is a good player. Um, thanks to Poch. But really, I think that someone like Paulinho should be ahead of him. Uh, and I don't think it's because Paulinho is a particularly better player at all. He should be. But I'm talking about um, Paulinho should be at the level we know he could be at. Okay. Well, he, sh he showed glimpses of that last week. And I think yeah. it's fair to say if, if his wife hadn't... Um, yeah. had a baby today he probably would have started ahead of Mason yeah I guess he would have done and the thing is we knew we know what he could have done uh, what he could do the thing is with Paulinho he got overplayed didn't he he went sort of three years without a break yeah when we got him um, including the time when he was with us so uh, you know our younger players I think should be uh, looking up to these guys and these guys should be teaching them the game yeah um, I think there should be a good mix of uh, experience and youth. But having said that, most of our team are young anyway. Um, who else have we got? Rose. Rose, he's got to be the most improved player we've had, we've got this season. Absolutely. And you know what? He's a must-play. 
and especially after seeing how Davis played today, um, you know, Rose is definitely a must play. Uh, as for Stan Goolies, all right, I like the guy. I'd have him in the team personally, uh, probably in place of Paulinho, who I've just bigged up. Okay, uh, because I think that, I think that he, uh, you know, he's that tiger that we we want in the uh, defensive midfield area. Um, Dembele should be up there as well, really, in the first team. Uh, the reason that they're not is we don't know what they're like. They might be crap at training. But but it also it speaks volumes for the players that that Pochettino showed faith in the young the sorry the so the so called young players and I'll, I'll tell you why I say so called um, in a minute the the, the the likes of Ben Slab and Mason who have got the nod ahead of your Paulinos and your, your, your Dembele's it's testament to those players really yeah. um, that, that that a they're good enough and b that Poch can see that and he trusts them. Um, I'm going to take Carol to task on this. Um, she's not on the pod today, so that's fine. I, I can get away with this because um, otherwise I'd, I'd be scared and I wouldn't say it. Um, Stam Bully is only 25, so he's only a year older than I think Ericsson and only two years older than Mason. So um, he's not that much of a senior player in, in relation to um, the players she mentions. Um, yeah, however. He's had more experience, though, hasn't he? Surely he's had, he's had more experience. Um, I I, th- I think the one that the, the interesting one is Mason. Um, I think of all the young players that have come through this season you, you, that are featured, I should say, your Bentalabs and your Canes, they've all done really well and have so consistently over over the season. Mason did very well initially. Um, he's looked a bit tired, a bit jaded the last few games, and that's understandable because. He hadn't played a lot of first-team football. He had a few injuries as well, serious injuries. Um, And it's going to take its toll. So the only thing I would have liked, maybe, and I suppose we saw a bit of that last week, um, was replacing him with somebody else. It's Paulinho last week. Um, Today, I would have liked to have seen Dembele start. Um, I'm not his biggest fan. I've said this before, but I would have been quite happy for Dembele to start ahead of Mason, for example. Can I just say in Mason's defense, there was one moment in today's game where he got a little space in front of him and he was yeah. off and he yeah. looked yeah. so fast and so dangerous. Yeah. Um, and and Paulinho, Stambouli, Dembele, they, they, no one offers that. Um, and we, we, generally speaking, lack pace right now, which is strange considering the, the players we have in our squad. Yeah, that's that's kind of what scared me today about our high line. Yeah, because because the guy Mane, although he kept falling on the floor uh, before that, he was terrorising our back line, and I think today we were slightly too high, and you know they were able to get behind a couple of times. Um, so pace pace does worry us, yeah. at times, especially at the yeah. back. I think I think we need a bit more experience at times. We need somebody to just. Calm things down a bit because they are young players. They're excitable. Um, as I agree more or less with what exactly what Ali said, um, uh, Bentaleb, he's been great. I would definitely keep him in there. Um, you kind of offered the choice, Ali, between Paulinho and Stambouli, but Paulinho offers more attacking, and yeah. Stambouli offers more defending. Yeah. So I, I, th- I think it's a case of it's a case of having to. To choose for your opponent, who your opponent yeah. is, and yeah, what you think exactly. you can do with. Yeah, exactly. Depends who, who it is. If you need two defensive yeah. midfielders in there, you put them both in. But if you need one to go box to box and you know other stuff, you put the other guy in. So 
and we've got the options there but you know sometimes we're just relying too much on I think possibly the guys that uh, the manager trusts rather than the you know the guys who should be in there uh, going by yeah. price and age and all the other stuff so against City who's your starting 11 Lloris let's start with Lloris yeah. uh, uh-huh. and, and Kane <laughs> uh, I've got a back four that I like um uh, and I would still stick with Fazio, even though I would blame him for the second goal today, uh, for not getting there ahead of uh, what's his name, the guy he scored, Pella. 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 Yeah, good, good player. Um, yeah, but, but Fazio did also get the ball away a lot. He he got us he, out of trouble a lot. Yeah, as well. he, and he looked dangerous on corners. He he, he did. Yeah. He, he he made a couple of really great things. I didn't want to have a go at him, but uh, <laughs> you know because. You, you will see in the Facebook pages that I've said quite often, mark my words, he's our best defender. <laughs> so, I, you know, I've got to address that. Um, um, Fazio would be my central midfielder with, uh, central defender with the Tongan. Yeah. Um, on the left, I would have had Danny Rose, but I don't know if he's going to be fit for next week. Hopefully he is. And if he is, I'd have him. If he isn't. Yeah. Obviously, we're going to have to move the Tongan to the left back and stick Kirikesh or, or give Yedlin a go on the right because we might as well give him a go now um, sure, yep. on the right hand side. Um, midfield, I'd go for Bentaleb as the anchor. Um, and then I'd have um, Paulinho. Yes, sir. Um, and then. Be careful because I might pick 12 here. <laughs> uh, I said Kane up the top, didn't I? I'd, yeah. I'd still have Lamella and I'd still have yep. Ericsson in there. Yeah. Um, and have I got one more or not? Because I'll go for Chadley. Yeah. Chad, yeah. Chadley, I presume. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you've just named my team as well, Ali. Yeah. Mine as yeah. well. What I was yeah. going to say about Lamella is I don't know what he was asked to do today, but, you know, not once did it. No, sorry, once he went on the right side of the defender on the outside. Um, and got a sort of ball into the box. But I think that he was playing more infield today. They were sort of swapping around a bit more than usual. Did you notice? Yeah. Because, I thought, yeah, I mean, you know, that, he offered that, that's, no- that's why I like that threesome because they, they do that. I, earlier, on, earlier on in the season, they did that and it worked a treat. I'm, it might even have been against Chelsea. I'm not sure who it was against, but it really worked a treat. No, didn't and then they stopped Chelsea. doing that. No, as I say, I can't remember who it was against, yeah, but yeah. but it did work a treat with those three, and they were swapping positions and confusing the opposition. Yeah. And I'd like to see more of that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, thing is, with Ericsson, again, we, we were talking about him earlier. I, I think that he should get subbed subbed off now and again. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I remember I remember great players like Ozzy Ardila's getting subbed off before. You know, sort of ran about 75, 80 minutes because he'd given so much in the game that he was totally knackered to continue. And he used to get subbed nearly every game. It did, you know, if a great like him could get subbed, then I don't see why Ericsson can't get subbed off sometimes. You yeah. know, it, it was crying out for him to be subbed today. Yeah. Um, moving on, we've got a few more questions. Okay, so Andrew Pelling asks, how do you get bitten by the Tottenham bug? What what made you support Spurs? If I start with Ali. Yeah. Um, okay, this one's quite easy, really. 
uh, my dad's, uh, it was to do with my dad anyway. He, um, my uncles were trying to get him to go to the Arsenal and watch the Arsenal because most of those guys prefer Arsenal. I'm talking about my uncles and, and family on the other side. And my dad said, okay, well, I'll go and watch them. Uh, and then he went and watched West Ham. And then he went and watched uh, Chelsea. And he went and watched Spurs. And this was in the 60s, bear in mind. And he said, oh, well, I'm going to be a Spurs fan. He says, because they're the best. Uh, although we lived in Goonland, which was uh, N7 off the Caledonian Road, um, he decided that he was going to be a Spurs fan. So it was quite easy after that. He took me to one or two games. I was quite small. I don't remember much about them, but I did see the likes of Jimmy Greaves and Alan Gilzean play. Uh, and when you see the likes of those guys playing, uh, you sort of get bitten by the bug, you know. Um, it, it was easy. The, everything was embedded into my every part of my body, really. Um, on a personal note, I started going regularly in 76. Um, and then later on, when my, my two sons were born, uh, I started giving them the bug as well because I bought season tickets for, for four of us. That was my brother, my two sons and myself. And uh, we kept the season tickets up until the Taylor report, you know, changed the stadium to all-seater. Um, and I was just priced out of it after that. I couldn't afford it anymore. Um, but my legacy is that my sons still go. They both season ticket holders and they still go today. They're in Park Lane, Block 32. So that's the Tottenham bug. Aaron, how about you? Um, I've actually written quite a bit about this um, for, uh, for for another podcast, Jeff. I'm sorry to say. <laughs> um, I, I, I wrote something for the Fighting Cock. Which Kaka, one? For the Fighting Cock about right. it. Okay. Um, a, a little while ago. Um, but, um, yeah, I'm, I, I'm obviously... I've never actually set, set foot in London. Um, so, for me, it was... Um, a, a strange case of, of hometown um, support because down the road from me where I used to live was the official pub of the Tottenham Hotspur supporters in New York. Um, it's right next door. It used to be right next door to an Arsenal pub. Um, and I was brought there sometime after the World Cup two, two World Cups ago or one, yeah, two, two ago um, because there was this Champions League game uh, I was at, I was brought to the Arsenal pub to watch um, Barca play somebody because I was I was just starting to get the football bug, and my friends were like, "Yeah, th this is the best team in the world." And I watched Barca play, and I was so bored. I was just so bored. There was it was so completely obvious who was going to win. It was so completely predetermined the outcome. Um, and the next week, we I went um, next door to to the Tottenham pub to watch. Um, some league game. I don't even know who we were playing. And the Spurs supporters were there. The New York Spurs were there and in full voice. And I was completely hooked. Um, but it actually, it wasn't solidified. My, my love for the team wasn't solidified until a year later, um, which was the North London Derby, um, the one where we went up to and then lost 5-2. Um, Adebayor scored and uh, uh, what's his name? Anyway, it was one of the. It was this just this tremendous game, and um, and we were just demolished. And for some reason, 
that game did it for me. I, I was like, there's no way I'm never going to ever not be a Spurs supporter because of this horrible loss to Arsenal. And at, at the half, they had drawn even, right? It was We had gone up 2-0. We it was amazing. And then they drew even. And th- there was like 50 of us outside um, the, 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 the Spurs bar. And, and uh, one gooner stepped out of the Arsenal pub and tried to bum a cigarette from from some of the smokers and it was just it was like so much hate and and fury just dripping from all of us and then we, and then we went ahead and, and completely blew it and 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 lost um but what happened was about a minute before um the whistle blew some guy threw his arm around me i'd never met him before in my life gave me a beer and started singing tottenham till i die and i i just i was like fuck i guess me too um and then we went outside. We all went outside after the game, and that same gooner was standing outside, and he goes, uh, "There's only one team in London." He does it once, and then he just looks at all of us and just walks away very quietly. That <laughs> was, was just the greatest experience. Um, so that was that was how that was not just how the bug how I got bitten, but how the uh, infection festered in me, basically. Great stuff, Greg. How about you? I'll be honest, I have absolutely no idea. I remember being a kid and football was something you played down the park. I don't think I was even aware of the league teams, really. Um, I knew there was a team in Reading, because I lived in Maidenhead at the time. I knew there was a team in Reading, but they weren't top division or anything, so didn't take that much notice. My dad hated football. He called it, when it was on TV, he called it interference. So I, I couldn't even watch it, really. The thing I remember is that school, when I was... 1966, I think it was. I, believe it or not, I don't think I ever saw the World Cup final. <laughs> because he, he absolutely hated football. I was a lovely guy and everything. I loved him to bits. But he hated football. So that part of my life was... Um, I was a late developer, maybe. 1966, I would have been nine years old. At school, I remember a, a kid called Richard Briggs. His team were in the final. His team were Sheffield Wednesday, I think. And it was Sheffield Wednesday and Everton. Mm-hmm. I think... And, I, can't, I don't remember who won, but I remember him having a, a, a favourite team in that, in that uh, final. And then, I, don't, I still don't know when the bug hit me, but I know that the ne- by the next year, I was walking to school with a Tottenham bag. <laughs> um, maybe, maybe I managed somehow, without watching it on TV, maybe I managed somehow to, to kind of um, imbibe the Tottenham, the Tottenham essence because they were going, they were going into the FA Cup final that year, of course, beating Chelsea. But honestly, I really don't know. But ever since I was ten years old, I've been a Tottenham, Tottenham boy. Good choice. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Javad? I would. I think I was born to sports first. Um, I don't. Similarly to Greg, I was going to say, I, I don't know, I can't, it's difficult to pin down the when or the why or so forth, but I suppose I, I got into football around about 1990, um, Italian 90, the 1990 World Cup, and um, I got hooked, hooked then into football, and Paul Gascoigne and Gary Lineker um, were two players that I really liked, and they happened to play for Spurs. Um, and Tottenham were 
were a London club, and being a Londoner, I was going to support a London club, and they wore white and blue and not red, and I was never going to support a team that wore red. That just, I wasn't going to do that anyway. Nothing, nothing to do with Arsenal, I just, you know, being a boy and all of that. Um, and also the name, there was something mythical about Tottenham. Yeah. It wasn't United yeah. or City, yeah. it was Tottenham, Tottenham Hotspur, Spurs, yeah. Spurs. That, that, that was attractive, and yeah, both Gary Lineker and Paul Gascon were playing for them at the time. So yeah. that's probably the, that was a turning point, and I think very quickly it just caught on. I just suddenly embraced the history, and I, and I wanted to learn about the, you know, the the the, the Spurs past and 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 the great matches and the great players and and everything. And I, and I very quickly did that. I, I, I watched a lot of obviously, you know, at 1990. This is pre-internet and pre-YouTube and all of that. So we didn't have those resources but there was you know, there was stuff on tv and there were there were um vhs and things like that and there was lots of books that i would read so um i, I embraced the past and and i remember very early on um around about 1991 i was probably about 10 years old and and there was a um a football magazine um that i collected i don't know if magazine is the right word it was called the Or- the orbis football collection and um it was a weekly thing um and uh, it had all these features like great players and great matches and great goals and i remember the ricky via goal against um man city yeah. featuring in that and 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 it was basically you had a two sheets um an a4 sheet of paper with two sides and one of it was it was you know, just photos text and then a sort of cartoon sketch of his goal and of course i hadn't seen it at, at, at the time on on tv yet but i remember you know reading it and then just really looking forward to the day that i eventually did see it on bbc or, or, or whatever and i think that was probably the the, the turning point for me and, it, and it's easy it's i think once you get past that you know once once you get the bug that's it it's almost like you um, you've been sporting Spurs all, all, all your life, and it goes back to what I sort of said a bit t- t- tongue in cheek when you asked me, and I said um, I was born to sport Spurs, and it does feel like that. It does feel yeah. like yeah. you know it, it's something that's always been with you. Yeah. Um, it's just you haven't realised it yet until a certain point in your life. <laughs> there's, an amazing, um, there's an amazing buzz, isn't there, when you're walking down the street for the first time with all these people, with, you know, all wearing the colours and, and wanting to. Um, seeing in the streets and then when you get up the stairs and look at the pitch for the first time you're, you're sort of just mesmerized by it you know uh, there was one thing I was meant to tell you uh, the reason that my family uh, all tried to get my dad to support Arsenal was because they wore red and white you reminded me Jabad when you said you wouldn't wear red and the reason that they will uh, they prefer a team that plays red and white is to do with the Turkish flag all right <laughs> uh, <laughs> as you probably guess with my name Ali Hassan my family being of Turkish Cypriot orientation, um, they all prefer teams in red and white. So for them, Arsenal was the uh, logical team to go for. So, uh, but thankfully for my dad, he didn't uh, buy that. He went for the best team, who were Spurs. Good. Okay, so final two questions. Um, somebody called Ali Hassan asks, would you rather wear a Guna shirt for an hour or be kicked in the bollocks? And if I may go with this one first, I would be happily kicked in the bollocks um, than, 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 than be reduced to wearing a, a 
Guna shirt. Just, just to ask, just, just to ask Ali, when you say kicks in the box, do you mean repeatedly kicked or just a kick? <laughs> no, just one will do. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll happily take a one kick in the box. Well, I would too. I mean, if you're going to call me numb nuts, I might as well do it for a reason, you know? <laughs> no, I couldn't wear a goon shirt, sorry. Gr- Greg? Uh, it's a toughie because it's not so nice being kicked in the box, but if I did if I did decide to wear the gooner shirt, I would wear it in a locked room on my own, and then... For one hour, nobody would see me, only I would know, and then after that, I would burn it. Yeah, but you know, if you wore a Guna shirt, you deserve to be kicked in the bollocks as well, so you'd be double whammy, really. <laughs> yeah, I hadn't thought of that. <laughs> and Aaron? Yeah, that's a, it's an excellent question. Uh, and yeah, it's really, because you're absolutely right, Ali. I hadn't thought about the fact that sh- if I went out wearing a Gooner shirt, would I just get kicked in the nuts anyway? Chances are in New York, I wouldn't. But then I'd have to like deal with like the smug, uh, nodding smiles from the local Arsenal supporters that have no idea what they're doing. So, oh, God, is there is there is there a, a third way at all? Is there... Any... I, I, I've come up with a third way. So, just to clarify, Ali, is it a Guna home shirt, or could it be an away or a third kit? Oh, I heard a, I heard this one before, but um, you'd have to say the home one because it's the it's you know it's the one, isn't it? So, um, they've had some really ugly away ones, haven't they? I, I would be quite happy to wear an ugly away kit if it meant not <laughs> not not being kicked in the bollocks. But if it's if it's their home kit, forget it. Remember the um, green and blue one they had once, or, or they had yeah. yellow and blue with all these. I don't know, chevrons all over it. Oh, it's, oh, it was disgusting. Yeah. Can, I, can I just add something? My ex-wife, she bought me a Bahia shirt. Bahia and, and uh, Victoria, the two teams here. She supported Bahia. She bought me this shirt, and apart from the badge, it looked like a Guna shirt. Ah. I could not wear it. Not even because she spent her money and bought it for me. It was a present. I just couldn't wear it. It was impossible. Yeah. I never sure, wore it. I don't know where it is now. I don't care. I'm sure I've mentioned this last time I was on. Um, our school team played in, in an Arsenal shirt. Okay. Oh. White shorts and uh, red and white sort of hooped uh, socks. Okay. I wouldn't wear the uh, Arsenal shirt. I wore a Man United shirt. <laughs> uh, some people might say, well, that's just as bad, but I don't think it was. You know, it was at the time of. No, it's not just as bad. George, you know, George Best and, and Bobby Charlton and Dennis Law, that sort of era. So it didn't matter to me so much then. Uh, so I, I always wore the uh, Man United shirt. It was still red, but it wasn't an Arsenal shirt with the white sleeves. Okay, final question. Kent Goodrich asks What Spurs player, former or current, should be in a remake of Star Wars and who should they play? So he's gone for Canis, Luke Skywalker, Janola as Han Solo, Solo Judas as a piece of Bantha shit. <laughs> but I, no, I'm not sure. I'm not sure who the Bantha were. And Levy as Palpatine. <laughs> um, let me begin with Greg. Well, I'm not. An, I'm not a great Star Wars fan. It may be sacrilege to some of you, especially, especially Aaron, seeing as he he wrote that article. Um, but I suppose Darth Vader would be Judas, wouldn't it? <laughs> um, maybe Ozzy Ardiles as, C, as the R2D2, the little one. 
who whizzes around all the time. Um, I don't know, C3PO? Maybe Ginola, because he's kind of a bit of a pretty boy. Oh, good, uh, good shout, good shout. Good one. Good one. Good shout. Yeah. <laughs> good I'm not into Star Wars at all, so I'm, I'm admitting that too. I hope I don't upset you. Um, and <laughs> is Yoda even part of um, Star Wars? That's the one, yeah. Yoda. Okay, so if that's the case, I'm going to go for our former manager rather than a player, and I'm going to pick. <laughs> Sha- I'm going to pick Jacques Santini um, because I think he they are visually alike. You know, with the big eyes, I think they look alike. I think. Santini was a bit green, even though he was a France manager. But you know, he, he came across as being quite green, naive, and whatever. And I, I guess the players probably didn't understand uh, a word he said. You know, syntax and all that word orders and and whatever. <laughs> so that's what I'll go for. I'll go for Jack Santini as Yoda. Okay. Before I come to Aaron, uh, I'm just going to say what came to my head. I haven't given this question any thought. Um, so I would have AVB as um uh god my name my brain's gone dead um chewbacca not chewbacca um the guy that um uh, obi-wan kenobi Ooh, nice obi-wan kenobi but but not the young incarnation the older one yeah Um, yeah yeah played by again his name escapes me um sir alec guinness sir alec guinness that's it yeah and now initially i would have said Dark uh, Darth Vader, um, Judas as Darth Vader, but the trouble is Darth Vader did come back to the to the good side in the end. So, to, to, he did embrace. Spoiler alert. Embrace. <laughs> um, so I would say Count Dooku, who was played by Christopher Lee, um, because I believe he was originally um, he was originally good, and he then moved to the dark side. So I think that that would be my Judas would be him. Aaron. Well, I wrote about it, but the obvious choice for me is Jan Solo and his trusty sidekick Fazio as Chewbacca. Chewbacca <laughs> smash. You know, he's just such a big, hairy goof, but so dangerous when he wants to be. And uh, Vertangen has that same kind of uh, Han Solo attitude, you know, like, uh, I'm so over this. I don't know who needs to be here, but you know he's going to show up at the end of the day. He's going to shoot the bad guys. He's going to, he's going to, I was actually, I thought he was going to score today. I thought, like, as soon as they moved over to the left back, I was like, Jan to score and do his Superman celebration. And mm. um, other than that, uh, uh, Chadley is absolutely looking like a Jedi with this top-knot nonsense. Top-knot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the, right, last, the last one I would do would be um, I would want Lamella to be Princess Leia just so that uh, you'd have those stupid buns to cover his bad haircut. That had crossed my mind as well, but I didn't want to say it. <laughs> yeah. uh, listen, I hope Chadley doesn't change his top-knot. He scored two goals with that. Yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> okay, final thing. Um, I should have done this earlier, um, but I forgot. Um, but well, now is as good as any time. Um, so Man City next um, next Sunday. Um, I'll be at the game. Um, predictions, very quick predictions, starting with Aaron. One-one. Uh, okay, Ali. Uh, Man City used to be a team that we always used to beat, um, and recently they've been a team that we always get killed by. Um, I'd like to think we can sneak a two-one. Uh, 
I can't see it. I'll be happy with a draw, but hopefully 2-1 to us. Greg? Um, maybe a Desmond 2-2. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just want Harry Kane to outscore Aguero. That's the main thing. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah I agree. So hey, is, is David Silva back, do you know? Does anyone know? Uh, he, he, um, no, I think so. The injury, the injury wasn't as bad as first thought. So, oh, uh, it looked he, awful. He, he probably will be back. Okay, so I'm going to say my prediction is so we haven't. Um, the last time that we beat them, I believe, was actually not sure. I was going to say the last time that we, the last time that we, that I thought we beat them was five years ago when we, when Peter Crouch scored at the right end yeah. and we qualified for the Champions League. Of course, we beat them two years ago, three-one at the lane. Yeah. Um, but apart from that, they've they've had the you know they've had, they've had the upper hand over us. Um, and you if know, if had been two inches taller, yeah. it would have been yeah. different. Yeah, yeah, that oh that game, yeah, yeah, that was that was yeah, we would have been further up the table. And anyway, um, they're top four. They're better than us, um, or supposedly, and all of that. So I'm going to say five nil, probably five nil to us. I think, <laughs> um, man for man. Let, let's look at it, man for man. Okay, Larice. Okay, Larice against. Um, uh, uh, Joe Hart, who do you have in your team? Luis, easy. Okay, Move, moving along. Okay, so they've got what? Kalishi at left back. Um, I'd happily have Danny Rose um, right back. Um, what have they got? Zabaleta. Yeah, I'd yeah. have him. I'd have him. Yeah, okay, Zabaleta. So that's one so far, right? Centre backs. Vatongan or comp- company? Well, at the moment, Vatongan. Vatongan, yeah. um, right? Um, who's the other player they've got? D. D- Machera. I can't say. D. Machera or that yeah. Okay. So let's let's go with Dibachelis. Dibachelis or Fazio. 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 Thank you very much. Right. Midfield. Um, Are we deluded um, or is this based on something? We're, we're talking up our chances. We're, we're, we're gonna, we're... Hang on. Can you do the team talk on uh, next week uh, to save Poch doing it? Because if you do it that yeah. way, you know we might actually do something up there. Yeah. I, I don't even know who's in the midfield anymore. I don't, regular, I mean, they've got Nasri Silva. Silva, Silva would, Silva would, would obviously get ahead of our, our players. Nas, Toure, yeah, okay, that's Toure. So we've got Toure, Toure, Zabaleta, and um, Fernandinho. Nah, Fernandinho. Nah, I think Benton looks better than Fernandinho. Okay, so Toure, Zabaleta, and somebody else we met in Silva, sure. if he was fit. Yeah. Those three. Um, and then up, and then up front, you've got Kane or Aguero. I'd happily take Kane at the moment. At the moment, yeah, at the yeah. moment. At yeah. the moment. Yeah. <laughs> that proviso. So, um, yeah. And we have a four-four-two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but they're on a they're on a uh, catastrophic slide, City. I mean, this is of any time for us to be able to beat them. It's now, and if there's any time for them to correct their slide, it's also now. Yeah, but they've just corrected it last week, haven't they? they, they yeah, beat. but it, was it convincing? I mean, it, 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 they well, they did what they have to do. I mean, are any of Chelsea's results convincing, really? Yeah. You know, they do true. what they have to do, so... I don't know. I wish we were on a slide like City at the moment. They've got a t- tough test later today, haven't they? Against, um, against the mighty Villa, so... Well, you know, who do we want to win? Because, you know, it's Villa... Sherwood, or it's City above us, who we can uh, we can catch theoretically. Oh, let let Villa but, win. Yeah, why not? 
they're no you danger know. to us. <laughs> I, I wouldn't mind Villa getting up ahead of steam before the fu- uh, cup final. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, there you have it. So there's only about three or four players who would, with, with the City players who would actually get in, in our team. We're going to beat them for. Oh, and we should, should mention Pellegrini or Poch. Oh, Poch. We're going to win six five then, are we? Uh, five nil next week. You heard it here first. Five nil. Okay. I'll go along with that. <laughs> I'll drink okay. to that. Um, right. If they do. The bagels are on you, mate. <laughs> I can't. You, I can't be wrong with five nil, can I? You know, I can't be possibly wrong. Um, I, would, I just wish you'd said nil five. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> five nil to us. You heard it here first. Okay. okay. On that note, um, thank you, thank you, Ali. Um, okay, thank you, Greg. You're welcome, mate. And thank you, Aaron. Um, thank you, guys. The future's bright. The future's lily white. Good night. Oh.